0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at Nerdtonomedia.com.
1: Broadcasting from the Blanchistan Center. This is Phoenix FM.
0: This is
1: 92.5 Phoenix FM. Community radio for Dublin 15.
2: Everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor
0: on the Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Phoenix 92.5 FM, The TheWrestlingRewind.com, NerdToNoMedia.com. My name is Daryl Connor, and you're listening to the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. Um, We have a very special show this week because we've done a show plan, Martin. Uh,
0: uh, I'm
2: still in shock. And we normally don't. Normally we're like, "Why are we covering? Well, let's just do this. But, you know, we had to. We had to do a a very important, uh, like, rundown. Of this man's career because this weekend is going to be Sting's last ever match I don't believe that Because when someone retires in wrestling they show up either <laughs> for money in TNA Or they show up uh, presenting a trophy in in Saudi Arabia um, to a football team Well so, this
1: isn't Sting's first last match He has retired before so He
2: has retired before So no one really ever retires in wrestling So but they are making a song and dance over. There is a pay per view solely for it, and it is going to be coming everybody's way in AEW on Sunday. So we're going to try to get this out a little bit earlier than normal. But if you're listening to this on Phoenix thank you so much. As I said, you were listening to The Wrestling Rewind. My name is Dara Connor, and I'm joined by the one, the only Mr. 1 0,
1: Mr. Martin. Herdy. How are man? I'm just buzzing this weekend, Dara. I have Monday booked off work, which has kind of ruined this weekend. Uh, have you noticed that whenever you book time off work it's nearly not worth it because you have to work twice as hard in the days running up to us so that you can take the bloody day off but i'm not letting that get me down um i am hyped for this pay-per-view obviously all the stuff around sting is amazing yes but um also because AEW does their pay-per-views a bit differently this is the first one of 2024 there's been a three month build to this. It feels like uh it feels like the first couple of years of AEW where they only did four or five pay per views a year and each mm. one was massive. So this is this feels huge, not just because of Sting, but also because of that um I'm, I'm just buzzing this whole weekend. Well look, I
2: mean it, it's definitely definitely a show that has people talking about it, which is never a bad thing, you know. I think the next show they have is in Wembley so far. Um, they're in the pay per views that are announced. Uh, so on this card, it actually looks pretty good. It, it is 100% overshadowed by Sting's last match, but the, the actual card itself looks really, really good. There's, there's like a strong intercontinental championship, a really good uh AEW uh, world championship. Uh, first
1: appearance the, of Will Osprey, which is the cool. AEW world championship, this is like and there are so few of these in all of wrestling where mm. I'm actually delighted it's a three-way. Normally, you see a three-way match, and they're like, oh, that's just a cop-out, so one guy can lose without being pinned. and that. But no, this has been built brilliantly, and I actually love the Samoa Joe title run. I love this kind of descent into being a petulant heel that Hangman is on, and obviously, Swerve Strickland's on top of the world right now. Like, the whatever way this goes, this is a win-win-win. So I'm delighted that this is a 3 way
2: Can I call something out ridiculous, though? Go on. Um, the Continental Crown Championship. So this match, the way I'm looking at it here, it's for the Continental Championship, the Ring of Honor World Championship, and the NJPW Strong Opening Championship, right? Yes. Okay. Do you not remember when we watched TNA and <laughs> they had a match for all the belts? Remember that? Yeah. 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 Do you not see how it's very similar?
1: Oh yeah. So this is actually I kind of have a similar issue with the Continental Crown. So it's basically it was made to kind of be an homage to the old Japanese Triple Crown, which was three different titles from different companies. It's supposed to be an American version of that, and obviously Eddie Kingston's big into his Japanese wrestling. And I think it was kind of like a, a thing for him. Mm. I would have I would have preferred if the Continental Crown, like when you won the Continental Classic that it was like a, a trophy or something and that you just had it for the year until the next one, not that it was something you went out and defended. Because it kind of makes it kind of makes it pointless because it's like, well, if you want that title, why would you go through a grueling, you know, like eight-match um, uh, tournament when you could just wait until someone else wins it and then <laughs> challenge them?
2: Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying a really, really funny thing on Reddit here. And it's like, it's a picture of... Um Tony Khan And um, At the press conference With uh Who's the commentary WCW commentary guy Who is he Oh Tony Schiavone Tony Schiavone Yes yeah, sorry That just left my head For some reason With Tony Schiavone right And it's AEW Continental Classic winner To receive hundreds Of additional belts Because why not At this point point? And it's just <laughs> They're just surrounded By belts <laughs> I, It's a bit much I, Look as I said I, I get it It makes sense But Yeah it's it is like i it, it's, it's a bit much it's a bit I much and i love have, belts genuinely i think belts are class but at the same time it's like
1: yeah no and, i oh. i agree i would have loved if it was like a a trophy that you won and you just kept for the year mm. and your name was put on it and you know because you could make a whole lineage out of it like that so like that's a wee bit disappointing but like once you get past that eddie kingston versus brian danielson and they're going to kill each other. Like, that looks amazing. Um, yeah, but, but why at this point? What do you mean?
2: They've, like, they've been feuding for... No, no, no. I just... My TNA-ness is, is is triggered now. That's the thing. Because I see all these belts, I'm like, oh, is Kurt Angle going to come out and, and marry Jeff Jarrett's wife? Is that what's going to happen? Is, is, is uh, Eddie Kingston going to come out and... And look look more homeless than he than he already does so he can like try and hit on uh brie bella because that's that's where this goes
1: <laughs> well that's the one that's, thing about eddie king counting them like just not to get involved in any of that nonsense he just but I mean, he's walking around with three belts for no reason <laughs> well like i said the, like the continental classic was amazing it was the best thing to happen wrestling last year but yeah, I I'm with you on the belts. I I wish it had have been something else. Yeah, you know? no, sorry, I don't mean to, to take it away. It's Just
2: that that's just it's just a, just a bit much, you know. It's just like it's just, it's just, someone sort of said, "Hey, you know what, Tony? Let, let's not let's not do that." You know what's like? It's like when you have um, remember when you were a kid and you had all the action figures, and you no, go,
1: oh, I, I, I. <laughs> it's very I was very deprived.
2: Oh, fair, fair. Okay, you know when you're playing SmackDown vs. Raw as a kid, or and then you could like you end up having your favorite wrestler and you had all the belts
1: oh yeah yeah
2: that's that's what it's like it's like it's all yeah i don't know i don't know i just it's just kind of silly like fair enough you see there is a, there is a line between you know the double belts thing is all right like the euro continental champion that was that was funny because it was like there was three of them so i mean with the continental crown if there if it is just like eddie kingston's thing that he holds on to until what? he retires that's pretty what? cool
1: no, I think it is slightly different in AEW because they actually do like he does defend them in New Japan, He right. does defend them on Ring of Honor, he does defend them in Rev Pro. Like uh, Orange Cassidy was in Revolution Pro in England last week defending his international title. You know, so really? there is okay, yeah, yeah. So there is like uh, it was that was also Will Osprey's last sort of indie show before he. It was yeah goes full full tell for aw so um i mean there is like i agree with you it is a bit daft but there is slightly more to it than just you know he, he just has these three things that he carries around that's fair well hey look you know I, i'm willing to, to give it a, a chance eddie kingston, oh yeah
2: like forget kingston, all that eddie kingston just r- rubs me the wrong way in, in every conceivable way you know um.
1: Man, i'm telling you if you uh, i don't know if you've been watching dynamite or collision lately but they have been like ramping this feud up the past couple of weeks
2: he, he just really really looks he looks like someone who jumped the guardrail yeah you know that's why he that's, he, he genuinely looks like someone who jumped the guardrail and it's like why, why why is this this, this fragrant in the, in the ring like you know
1: <laughs> but like, i'm oh. telling you see all that stuff See, when the bell rings on that match on Sunday, you will forget it because these two are going to kick the living hell out of each other. I
2: know, Daniel Bryan is incredibly boring too. Like, that's the thing. It's What? Yeah, I don't like Daniel Bryan. At all. Well, well, what are we doing here? (laughs) No, I'm just saying that. I mean, I'm still waiting to be... I'm still waiting to be blown away by him, you know?
1: Oh, my God. I thought last year was possibly the best year of his career. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But, I mean, even in WWE, I was just like... It's, it's it's
2: just it's it's hard it's just not my style of wrestling, you know? Um, like I, I, I'm still waiting for it to be like, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna watch the 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 last month of dynamite uh, of this feud from dynamite and collision, right? And I'm gonna try and get into it because there has to be something. I just don't see what it is. but then again, you know, it's it just it is what it is. like I think there's enough on this card. I guess the point I was making was, there's enough on this card that kind of there's something for everybody, like oh there, yeah, like there really is something here for everybody. Like yeah, i know I might not like Danny Bryan or Eddie Kingston, but that's one match. You know, I will be watching it because it's Sting's last match. I I really do want to see that three way AW title match because that'd be unreal. Yeah, um, Samoa Joe's on the run of his career that isn't <laughs> that isn't the X division title win, uh, title run that he had.
1: It's, it's amazing the the se- second lease of life he's gotten.
2: Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so I mean. There is, yeah.
1: there is a lot. BCC versus FTR will be class. Yeah. I was going to um, say, that looks unreal too. women's title match is going to be made, like Deano Perazzo and uh, Tony Storm. Like, there's... What,
2: what do you make of uh, Tony Storm getting done dirty during the wrestling awards, which <laughs> she you said she has the worst gimmick? I think her gimmick is great.
0: What?
1: Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, I yeah, think it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I was really confused by that too. I'm like, really? Do you know, maybe in the hands of someone who didn't play it so well, it could be kind of goofy and stupid, but she does it so... She's so committed to it. That's what I'm saying.
2: I I was genuinely shocked by that. Like, really uh, was.
1: But is that one of those uh, fan-voted things? Yeah. Yeah, but you're... Like any of those things, you get your... You get your fans from whichever side and they spam it and...
2: Yeah, but I don't right. understand I don't understand to, like Tony Storm specifically. I mean both women in, in this match, both women in this match, uh, Tony Storm and uh yeah, Donna, per- Storm. Donna Perezzo is gonna be that's probably gonna be the steeper match of the night. Oh, yeah.
1: They're, you like, know
2: what I mean they're oh, gonna they work incredibly. To well. say
1: they're excellent wrestlers.
2: Like, yeah, it's gonna be phenomenal. Like uh-huh. um okay, so talk to me about what you're excited about on the show, uh, and then we'll go with this thing. On uh,
1: revolution. Correct. Okay. So like I said, the matches we mentioned there are all looking incredible. I'm really looking forward to the um international match. So it's mm. uh it's uh, Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong and part of the reason I'm looking forward to that is because Orange Cassidy had an amazing run with the international title where he was like this battling champion and then he was supposed to drop it. Uh but there was I think John Moxley got injured or whatever and it ended up anyway that Cassidy ended up getting the title back and they've done the kind of fighting champion run again. It just hasn't really hit the same time, you know, the same the second time around. And Mm. I think he's dropping it here and I think that's going to be great for him. Let him go off and do something else and it's going to be great for Roddy Strong and this Undisputed Kingdom. But Mm. the big thing is... I think they have something massive planned for the sting match like just huge like stings out talking about it he's he's saying like uh, oh this is i'm um, i'm gonna like this is the last match of my career and we're gonna leave fans with something like they've never seen before this uh pay-per-view was supposed to be where they debuted um mercedes money but they've obviously put that off by a week you know like so they're solely and fully focusing on the sting thing so like you say it's an awesome card i think there's nine matches on it so far uh there's not a dud among them but like you say, the whole thing is overshadowed by sting i'm hoping we get like during the course of the whole pay-per-view just like we we vignettes or we clips or whatever just going through his career and really really building this up hmm no, absolutely
2: i think it's one of the things that like you're really 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 going to just take away you know it's going to be like this is one of the moments in aw where i think if they if they screw it up it'll be like the exploding barbed wire match
1: Yep, um, and, and that legitimately set that i think that legitimately set them back years
2: years oh no it did it, it, it if you can point to one one thing yep. that like did that, low that did so much damage to AW that isn't called CM Punk, yeah. it's um, <laughs> yeah. it's literally that you know, I that, think this
1: and I it think, was because uh, like the build for that was so good, yeah, that it meant they had more A's than ever on yeah. the product,
2: yeah. And that, I, and it's, I think the exact same thing is gonna happen here where it's like, right, do not mess this up,
1: yeah. Well, do not only, mess it up. The only thing that gives me confidence is that this booking of Sting, like this run of his, this has been the best booking of any legend character ever. Like he has been a constant on the show, but he's never been normalized. He's been protected in his matches, but he doesn't look like he can't go. Like he still looks like he can go, even though like he's obviously being like protected and only doing tags and multimods and stuff. Um, they've been so careful with this character that I don't see them Screwing it up now. I think at the very end, you know, when we get that, I don't know if he's going to h- go the whole Cody Rhodes Undertaker, you know, take his boots off in the ring or whatever, but I think it's going to be an emotional night. Yeah, I think so. Plus, really by do. that stage, it'll be like five in the morning and I'll have a full bottle of whiskey in these. <laughs> so <laughs> Et- everything's emotional. Etton Et- could set me off crying at that stage. <laughs>
2: uh well look we'll have to we we'll have to keep an eye on it. obviously we'll talk about it next week and s- see what the story is um but that's not why we're here to talk about that show. it's just uh, just an aside um the main reason why we're here this week is to talk about oh well, one because we have a time slot on the radio and we need to fill, it, but also because we're like right, we're gonna take a break away from jumping in the time machine and we're actually gonna follow a a script this week, so basically we're gonna go from the entire career of uh, sting through w c w we're going to breeze through that, talk about his WWE stint, which I think is the best way to put it, uh, his AEW era, which we'll get into. Uh, but the the meat and bones of this is going to be TNA. It's going to be his, his stint in TNA wrestling, which is unlike anyone else. Um, I, I, we have a couple of matches as well, so we're going to be jumping into to four matches uh, in this show. But let's start with probably the most well-known part of sting's career which of course is wcw so for anyone that wasn't watching wcw uh you're probably aware that there were <sighs> it's hard to explain wcw is confusing right but in its like revised history or in its like core mythology there was sting rick flair and the nwo right that's yeah. what that's what it was. And then obviously Sting would be in the NWO Wolfpack and all the contact confidence mess. But when you think of WCW, you think of Goldberg, you think of the NWO, you think of Ric Flair, and you think of Sting. Sting was the icon, right? Um, and that's why he was known as he had so many feuds with uh, Ric Flair, the, form- the formation of um, the Wolfpack, him actually showing up fake Sting. And then a really weird career <laughs> choice. Like obviously he, so we talked about the the barbed wire match being, like, irreparable damage to AW for years. Sting's damage was actually done by a win. The win at Starrcade 97. That, oh, like... Yeah. Remember that? Where Brahard came out and counted fast yeah. and then said it wasn't the fast count? So,
1: <laughs> I don't know if that was hogan backstage pom- it was no but actually, yeah. it's been confirmed that it was yeah so basically so for anyone who doesn't know it was sting versus hogan for the title and a yes. uh, hogan was gonna win but it was like the referee was supposed to do a, like a really obviously fast count like you know the way in wrestling it's when they want to make something obvious it's almost pantomime they go way over the top so this referee was supposed to be like one two three and give the title to hogan and then brett hart is going to be all like oh no there's going to be no screw jobs when I'm here and he was going to get in and beat the referee and I'm going to referee this match and start the bell but what happened was Hogan had said to the referee "It doesn't work for me brother just do a normal count so the referee did a normal count Hogan perfectly legitimately middle of the ring won the title then Bret Hart hopped into the ring beat up the referee and restarted the match so yeah a bit of a disaster
2: yeah and that really not only did that like as I said not only did it do damage to Sting as a character but uh, Sting never really recovered from that and it was kind of the start of the company really starting to go downhill that was 1987 they'd it have it had one more really good year give yeah. or take and then you'd be in like
1: but it's mad because in in yeah and, and that's uh, like four a years assessment. four years after that
2: company no longer existed we
1: we covered that era with pay-per-views and it is largely terrible um but the thing is that wcw has kind of become a byword for terrible wrestling but when sting came into wcw late 80s early 90s this is the golden age like sting's matches with flair um in the late 80s are legitimate all-time classics like hold up today had people at the time like they had broken out of the wrestling bubble and were you know were kind of um people were talking about them in the in the mainstream like Mm. when he came in it was huge uh his deal with the his feud with the four horsemen legend oh like amazing um but yeah as you say As with everything, as with the aforementioned Bret Hart, WCW just couldn't help themselves, but WCW is. But what's interesting
2: is as well, like most people may not like most wrestling fans at least know what Sting looks like. They may not have known, may not have known as TNA work because, like again, like a lot of people didn't watch TNA at the time. Um, If you have to be a certain age, and also you had to have the channels to watch WCW. But what's crazy thing about this is like. Everyone still knew what Sting looked like. He still had the approach. But at this point, during his, like, heyday, he wasn't doing the Crow gimmick. He was just the Stinger. Surfer Sting. Surfer Sting, which is, like, really, really funny when you think about it. You're
1: like, his most iconic look. Yeah, so he had kind of like a buzz cut. Yeah. But bleached blonde. He had face paint, but it was, like, really colourful face paint. It's actually very similar to the Ultimate Warrior's face paint.
2: Because they were tag team partners initially.
1: Yeah, because before he went to WCW, uh, him and the Ultimate Warrior were tag team partners in... uh, Maybe it was Jim Crockett promotions or... One of the territory days, anyway. Um, Sting, I think he was called Flash at the time, and the Ultimate Warrior, the Dingo Warrior. The Dingo Warrior, yeah. Deadworthy. (laughs) So, wrestling, like... Tends to like blatantly copy whatever's happening at the moment. So, like Sting's most famous gimmick obviously comes from the film *The Crow*, but his tag team with uh, the Ultimate Warrior was called the Blade Runners. Yeah, they were. If you were to take that tag team and the year they come out, what do you think was one of the most popular movies of that year? Despite the fact that that gimmick, <laughs> neither one of them, have anything
2: got to do with replicants.
1: No, still a good name they just like the, they just thought blade runner <laughs> the, that's a cool sound name <laughs> just like the name but, but what, hey, what, you actually can't blame them for that because the film blade blade runner is based off a book but the book is not called blade runner the book is called "Do androids dream of electric sheep that's true so yeah. you can see what they changed the name. i
2: bought that book four times i've read it about six or seven and i still don't own it because i keep giving it away to people
1: yeah, because people it's see wrong. it, they think, "Oh, cool!" The book version of Blade Runner, and you have to be like, "It's there's very little, very little in common with the, the there's movies.
2: very little Blade Runner in this Blade Runner book. <laughs> it's,
1: very, <laughs> it's like, uh, have you ever read Starship Troopers?
2: Yes, I have. Yeah,
1: it's just like, literally, the the name is all that has in common with the movie. The,
2: yeah, like, I, think the mo- I think the I think the movie is so much better than than. The, the book the there's a new game oh the game is pretty good but Hell Drivers apparently starts Hell the troopers di- and Hell too yeah yeah I've heard about it so I need to pick that up but uh,
1: I'm raging it's only out on uh, PC and PlayStation
2: yeah eventually though eventually do a port
1: hopefully yeah you think in, in the end money money always
2: that's it that's it um, yeah so look it, it it is it is funny when you're like oh okay staying like Crow Sting, like yeah, that was for four years. <laughs> he had this whole career beforehand, so you know I, I don't want to get into the doldrums of it because it, what the the where I really pick up but Sting and where I really got an appreciation for Sting was in TNA, right? Like yeah, I I was a big WCW guy, but I was a kid. I was a proper adult watching TNA and suffering through TNA when it was terrible, but Sting was always there, right? And a very funny story about staying in general. We were in a WWE... No, we were in a TNA show. And this was in the National Stadium, right? So TNA used to do shows in the National Stadium. They did did a few, and then they did an ill-fated one in the tree arena, which was like an AEW show. There was nobody there. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I had to... I had to... No, this, this genuinely was... Wor- this genuinely... Wor- no one people said about AEW, and it's like the hard camera side is full. This yes. was literally... There was one section that was full the rest completely empty right and uh that's why tna went back to do to do the the smaller arenas and this was after jeff hardy had been his issues had arrived that's what his way so he had been uh. arrested he had you know wasn't able to travel and there was a sign i still have it actually it's somewhere it's somewhere in my house and it says uh like a proper TNA sign. I cannot find it. If I find it, i post it on the social media. I swear. It's like Jeff Hardy cannot wrestle tonight because of injury. In his place there will be Sting. <laughs> and everybody was like everyone was like, no, Jeff Hardy can't travel because of his criminal record. <laughs> this is a lie. We're not stupid. But we all got to see Sting as a result of it. So that was pretty cool. Like Sting wrestling in the National Stadium <laughs> to like a thousand people. You got,
1: uh, you got, you r- got a really good version. So I know TNA is your era. So yeah. TNA got a really good version of Sting because yeah. Um, towards the end of WC, like I mean, basically in his, his whole like through the eighties and nineties, um, Sting had issues with uh, uh, alcohol, drug abuse, and steroids, and it was towards the end. Of WCW, like the last couple of years of it, mm. he uh, kind of went to rehab and he became a born again Christian. And we got Jesus thing. He, yeah, he got Jesus <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he he it actually worked for him. Like he, it did. Yeah, legitimately dropped all that stuff, and you got this new, like, um, completely revitalized, reinvigorated version of Sting. Uh, so obviously, WCW went down. Loads of contracts were bought out by WWE, but because of a mixture of, you know, his sobriety and not wanting to work the schedule, but also having, because he's now a born-again Christian, having an issue with some of the stuff that WWE was doing, uh, he didn't take the offer to go to WWE. So you, like, TNA got legitimately probably the best version of Sting in years. Oh, yeah, no, they absolutely did. And the thing
2: about it is, it's like, not only did we get, because this, like the reason why we talk about WWE is we have to sometimes, and Sting was <laughs> I there. God, he
1: was in WWE. He was. He was because, the champion for while. He almost.
2: was. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's like the magic key. That's the that's the uh, Rosetta Stone of like understanding what happened to like the Indies basically when WWE was the only game in town. That was the life raft that carried people <laughs> over to ROH and to TNA. <laughs> I
1: was know? I was looking up stuff for. Uh, for this podcast i was looking up oh you know like weird facts of its thing or whatever and one of them was he's the only man to ever hold the nwa wcw tna and wwa world title and i'm like there's a reason for that <laughs> that's a very small that's, list that's uh that's not the achievement that's more impressive if you take out wwa exactly <laughs> yeah if you take that's- out that it actually yeah. is an achievement. I if you leave me, in, go. I'm I'm going to invent the Drumbali World Championship. <laughs> I am the only man to ever hold the Drumbali World
0: Championship.
1: <laughs> oh god. Well, you know,
2: how dare you besmirch <laughs> former champions wow. like like the road dog.
1: Right. He he nearly within three seconds, three seconds. Of, of winning it in the big time with three the rock. Three
2: seconds against the rock. <laughs> That's all it would have taken um but yeah so what's interesting about when sting came to tna like tna really is his career maker which is weird to think about in hindsight but like he had so many different aspects he did like the, the joker sting which was i mean you're aware of joker sting are you
1: oh yeah, yeah he's so- actually pulled it out once or twice in aw
2: yeah, so he, the Joker's thing obviously was a reference to Heat Ledger's Joker. As you said, w, uh, WWE and wrestling as a whole likes to steal from just, whatever's yeah, popular at the time.
1: Just whatever it is.
2: So he's like, yeah, I can totally be the Joker. And he did the whole Joker thing, and he had like the crow, and it was hilarious. Um, the main event mafia. Remember
1: in the 90s, after the uh, Monica Lewinsky-Bill Clinton fiasco, like, Vince could just not get this out of his system, and every pay per view he had like a a Bill Clinton impersonator there, and like a (laughs) Monica Lewinsky impersonator
2: there. Oh, Vince, he he, that that's a whole other show in and of itself. Um, But yeah, so the main event Mafia as well was another like massive change for Sting. That's when he went like proper corporate, kind of doing what he did in WCW with the Millionaires Club, but like. It actually working and being yeah. a long term fi- fixture of the show, um, and then he'd eventually start going into like a, a leadership kind of thing where like he would work backstage with the with the talent, and you know he won the belt a bunch, but Sting didn't yeah. actually really ever need the belt. You know, like for me, the the, the Sting matches that stick out are the matches that you had with like Kurt Angle, who also had his career run. Kurt Angle's career was made in TNA. I'm sorry, the same with AJ Styles. These lads were all there at the same time, and they were using the star power that they had from elsewhere to really, really build the company. The back of TNA was built on Christian Cage, AJ Styles, uh, Jeff Jarrett, whether you like it or not, um, Sting, and Kurt Angle. That's who made TNA what it was.
1: There's like a legitimate golden era there where it was not just like ironically fun like it was actually brilliant yeah it was and it just kind of all like clicked but i feel bad for sting
2: because like he never like a lot of people haven't seen this you know that's why i'm saying if you're listening to this show go out of your way a lot of it's on youtube everything we're going to talk about now is on youtube for free either uploaded and tna don't care or uploaded by tna
1: themselves most of it like legitimately uploaded by tna like really good quality yeah and i mean like that's it's a shame
2: that that's where it is but it's also great that's where it is so if you like what i'm saying is you've all seen the wcw stuff that's why we're kind of scaring over you've probably seen a lot of the aw stuff and you've definitely seen the WWE stuff which we'll get to but you haven't seen the tna stuff i guarantee so we have four matches here all of which are um varied in in their quality right so we're going to start with like probably you
1: want to start with the best or the worst Well, Dara, um, knowing your taste in TNA, I don't know what the best and the worst (laughs) refers to, because it could very easily be one or the other. That's fair. Okay, we'll go with the
2: lowest of the low then. How about that, right? Right. The lowest of the low, which isn't either the best or the worst, it's just like the down point of TNA, and shows Sting's leadership role is when he had the infamous match, and I use that term so loosely, uh, the incident with Jeff Hardy and yes. Sting from TNA's Victory Road 2011. So for anyone who doesn't know, this was the main event of an actual pay-per-view that people paid 60, 60 euros for, $60 for, Ooh. and and it would, it would lead to one of Sting's title reigns. However, Jeff Hardy was in no condition to compete. And, and not only like in a, oh, he wasn't, you know, he was injured. No, he was...
1: Now it's, it's not that he wasn't ring ready or anything <laughs> no, he was just in a different planet of existence. yeah he's like so even when his from the moment his music starts, firstly he takes ages to come out. but then when he does come out, like like you can immediately tell he is either high doped up intoxicated something, he comes down the aisle. Like he's shambling towards you, about to ask you for twenty cent for the bus. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly what it's like. That, that's exactly that's exactly, the, he exactly he what does, it's like. He does that shamble down the down the aisle. It's and right from the off, you're like, oh my god, this is not going to go well. Um, and it doesn't even. Do you know what actually? And it didn't. Goes,
2: and it no didn't one, go well. What's interesting? What's interesting about this is like. You know, I remember watching this. Now I didn't watch it live. I watched it like a day after, and um you're watching and you're like, okay, this, this could be a work Because the thing about TNA is a lot of things could have been a work shoot, right? But you're looking at Sting's face; you're like he is genuinely annoyed. <laughs> like he is. I've ne- I've never seen Sting like that, or at least not for a long time. Um, not not in ten years actually, because this would have been probably part of the course in uh, WCW, but. Eric what? Bischoff comes out, again, WCW, right? He comes off and you're getting, uh, we used to call them WCW flashbacks when TNA flashbacks <laughs> weren't the thing. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we, we can't have this match, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not going to work. Just he comes down, up with this you know,
1: really convoluted, con- mess. convoluted mess. He's like, oh, Sting, uh, when you fought Jeff Hardy a couple of weeks ago, Jeff Hardy wasn't prepared. Well, he's prepared now, yeah. So now, and you can see in between um, doing this promo, he's putting the mic down and like talking to them with the mic away from his mouth. So he's obviously going, Sting, uh, when you fought Jeff Hardy a couple of weeks ago, Jeff Hardy wasn't prepared. So we've decided to even up the playing field a little bit. Then he puts the mic down. He's like, "Uh, Jeff Hardy is wired out of his skull. (laughs) (laughs) He's not fit to wrestle you're going to punch me and then you're just going to roll him up okay so sting what we've decided to do is to make this a hardcore match and then now, he's like saying the
2: referee going you count three no matter what happens you count, you count three. three no matter what happens. I
1: don't, I, don't, I don't care if he pins him by the ankles and his <laughs> shoulders are in the rafters you count three and then he goes over to jeff hardy and he's like so jeff best luck in the match tonight, now that you have the advantage. <laughs> he puts the mic down and he's like, he will roll you up and if you kick out, <laughs> I, I will send the entire crew out here to kick you to death in the middle of this
2: <laughs> So this, this actually happened in the, in the impact zone. So it, it is a bit of history, but it is genuinely one of the saddest moments because Je- Jeff Hardy gets beaten in... About two minutes. He does actually try kicking kick out. The referee still counts, and Sting is just. Oh, you can. So, oh, you know, so but annoyed him.
1: there's. there's oh. So, the match starts then after the whole thing with Bischoff. And Sting is like, right, I'm getting ready to just. I'm going to hit the. I think he hits the uh, Scorpion, Scorpion Death, death drop. drop. And yeah. then that's it, right? Yeah. But so he's trying to lock up with Jeff Hardy to hit the Death Drop. But Jeff Hardy decides, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my shirt off and I'm going to pretend to throw the shirt out to the crowd, right? So he has his shirt and he's like playing with the crowd pretending to throw the shirt and the crowd's all like, jump hey, jumping up for his shirt and then he, <laughs> oh, he doesn't throw it. And then he goes to the other corner and he messes around with the crowd. This goes on for about two or three minutes of him walking around the ring pretending to throw his shirt out to the crowd and the whole time Sting is just Stalking him like walking behind them, <laughs> and like, lock up, man. <laughs> like, we, like, we have we, a job to do. We need what to do <laughs> The so,
2: best thing is, the best and worst thing is, uh, just before Sting turns around, he's like, I know, I'm disappointed too.
1: <laughs> oh, like, oh my god. But, um, so yeah, so eventually <laughs> Jeff Hardy drops the t shirt. Sting grabs him, does his death drop, pins him, like you say. He very clearly tries to kick out, but you can see Sting. Like, this is the most legitimate pin in wrestling oh, history. <laughs> yeah, it is. He Sting has, is like, you're not getting off. He has I don't his, care what you do. He has his entire body weight on, like, the highest point of his chest. Yeah. But he has his legs rolled up, and he's like, there's no way in hell you're kicking out of this. If you ever uh, want
2: to see what a real pin in wrestling looks like, yeah, just watch this, this is match.
1: Legit. Yeah. Um, Earlier, you were saying how, like, oh, Sting looks so angry, and he does during the match when all this is happening. But see, when the bell rings, the camera just caught him, and it brought me right back to being like, you know, like 15, and your dad catches you with a bottle of cider or something. Um, he's so I'm not like, angry and disappointed. Yeah, he's so angry him during the match, but as soon as the bell rings and the match is over, uh, Jeff Hardy's just like laying down in the corner looking up going what happened and sting just looks at him like i'm so disappointed in you <laughs> i was looking at it like i didn't have anything to do with it and i felt ashamed <laughs> i was watching it going oh damn i'm so sorry, <laughs> I'm so
2: sorry. <laughs> uh but the thing, that's why like it's an interesting role for sting because he wasn't really this in w in wcw But he was in TNA. He became, like, the locker room leader. And not like The Undertaker was like, you know, I miss carrying a gun around with me. (laughs) More like, I want to try and make it better.
1: Wrestling was better back in the days, but all the wrestlers used to die at 40. (laughs) Real men back then. All these guys (laughs) playing video games, living into their
0: 80s.
2: (laughs) But that's that's why it's so different. Because, like, Sting and The Undertaker are always very similar in, like, people's perception of them but yeah. it is so different really when you see how they approach like here if the taker had him in that position he just would have killed jeff Hardy. That, that's oh, that's it he would have thrown him up you know that that this would have been it like you know
1: it would have been uh like uh what do you call that guy who was sent out to the royal rumble and guerrero and benoit just oh daniel chit- pewter yeah it would have been a daniel pewter situation
2: no it absolutely would have been um, but it's funny how or not funny i'm not funny haha more like Funny, interesting that like the the approach of Sting was like okay, with, a li- with as little damage as possible to get this over with. while well, Taker would have been like, "Yep, you're going through fifteen tables."
1: Yeah, Taker would have been. You're about to get the sloppiest, unsafest tombstone of your life. <laughs>
2: it's like you don't get back up.
1: It's going to scare the life out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna compare that with probably the best match we have on this card, and I mean best as in like objectively and then we'll go with the actual best match so objectively the best match is the king of the mountain i was still
1: waiting to say if you'd say the other
2: one no i'm saving it i'm saving it i'm not gonna like you know i'm I'm gonna work up to it so objectively the best match and it's about half an hour it's really really good it's from slammer 2006 it's the the inaugural king in a mountain match or i think it's the second king in a mountain match so if anyone doesn't know the king in a mountain match is tna's standard match and I can't believe they haven't gone back to it I hope they go back to it soon because that would be awesome um sorry it was the the third one not the other because technically the first one happened on a weekly pay-per-view it's the second match to happen a summer versary so there you go um and it had Jeff Jarrett defeating Christian Cage Abyss Ron Truth Killings who's also known as R-Truth and Sting for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship And uh, this match... Martin, you've never seen a King of the Mountain match.
1: Ever. (laughs) I haven't. And I have to say that um, when it starts and they explain the rules, I had my head in my hands going, oh my God, this is a half hour long and it's going to be some dreadful, hokey, TNA gimmicky nonsense. No, that comes Uh, later. (laughs) Which comes later. (laughs) But this is actually an excellent match. Now, the gimmick, it's basically... I mean to be inelegant about it. It's a reverse ladder match. You have to climb the ladder and hang the belt on a hook and then you win. It sounds dumb, but they like you just said the lineup of the match there, like this was wall like this whole match is populated by excellent wrestlers and they really go for it in this match. And this really surprised me how much I enjoyed this.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's one of the things where like Usually it's a bad sign, but it is a feature TNA where you have a graphic explaining the match, which is once you see that you're like, oh no! <laughs>
0: it's not oh, so no. bad.
1: It's when they have a graphic explaining the match, and the text takes up the the full of the of the screen. Yes, like right, hold, hold on, I I need I didn't know I had to bring pen and paper to this.
2: Yeah, like they don't really they're not really doing it yet, but they would do this on and off, and it's not as bad here because obviously you have Don West and. Uh, JB's obviously announces it in the ring as well, but you have the professor in there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, we got this, we got this, and you're like, right, fair enough, but when they're not there, or when it is, is even more convoluted, they will break out the pen and paper, and you're like, okay, wait, you've got to pin them six times, do a run around the ring, flip backwards, and then with your left hand, count to five, and then you can pin them. Okay, I get it, right, that makes sense.
1: It's actually, this- to be fair to TNA, it's not the worst um, example of this. Do you remember we did the one of the WCW pay-per-views and I can't even remember who was in it, but they had a match where you got like one point for hitting someone with a chair, three <laughs> points for pinning someone, five points for putting someone through a table, you know, like half a point for like a wrist lock, <laughs> whatever and you had to get to 12 points or whatever. But that was legitimately, you had to sit watching that with a notepad. <laughs> But, like, what's
2: interesting about this is, like, this is TNA. They haven't hit the down point yet. They're in that, like, great period. So the best TNA period is 2005 to 2007. That's when they're, like, the hottest. It's when they're doing all this innovative stuff. And this is, like, the biggest show of the year. It's not Bound for Glory. Now it has become Bound for Glory. But Sam was always their show. You know, it was always, like, the thing that you would know was TNA. So... Uh, again, I wish they do the King of the Mountain match because you only got to saw this one, uh, see this once a year. Sting looks phenomenal. He looks better than he did in WCW. Like he actually looks like the icon Sting here, and he puts in a hell of a performance.
1: Un- unbelievable. Like like we were saying earlier, TNA got a reformed, revitalized Sting who like kind of um he's he's one of the few people, you know, he's up there with like the likes of Kenny Omega and the Box who have made, like, a re- genuinely massively successful career without WWE. And but also, sorry,
2: stop me there. Christian Cage made his career here as well. Oh. Remember, he's the champion. Here's yeah. thing, he wouldn't be as over today if he was just doing his, hi, I'm, I'm Christian, you know, gimmick that he'd do in WWE. Oh,
1: no, definitely not.
2: By revisiting the character that he developed here, he became yeah. what he is, you know?
1: The, the guy who debuted in AEW, that AEW made a huge deal out of, was TNA, Christian Cage. It wasn't tag team Christian from 15 years ago or whatever. No,
2: or, or even uh, famed ECW champion Christian.
1: <laughs> but I think the point was that Sting, when he took on with um, you know being in TNA and in the smaller company, and like you say, he took on that leadership role, I think he kind of took it as a personal mission to make it the product as a whole, as mm. good as it could be. So, like, yeah, you're right. He puts in an unbelievable performance here. He looks better than he's ever looked. Yes. Great match.
2: Absolutely. It's uh, it's a must watch, and it actually is on TNA's own YouTube channel. So, subscribe you, and watch it.
1: I tell you and I know we're talking about Sting, uh, but do you know who else got me in this? Or Truth? Ron Killings. Yeah, oh, isn't he phenomenal? God.
2: Yeah, phenomenal.
1: Like, like, I get it, what he's doing now. Like, he's probably making more money now and not putting his body through any pain by doing, you know, the, the goofy skits and the getting stuff wrong and the comedy and all that. And more power to him. Like, he'll have a longer career than anyone now because he's have no toll on his body. He's making more money doing all that. That's grand. But my God, he could go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, at, at this point, apparently there was a. I remember a big story where he put it up to John Cena, apparently in an airport. Um, so that oh, was like he big, was gonna like yeah he was gonna like batter him like, and uh, apparently that was that was like a thing that happened around this time. So Ron True Killing's or Truth really was like a legit TNA guy, but as you said, he's probably a lot happier now. <laughs> I mean, but if you oh, really yeah. wanted to see what he could do and why he was a former NWA champion, watch this match
1: like he's legitimately incredible and like the stuff he's pulling out in it would 100% like uh, get over today absolutely Um, so you have the the other thing about this match was there was two things there was one thing I wanted to mention and one thing I wanted to ask Okay. so terrific ending Uh, referee Hebner gets involved tips the ladder over um, allowing Jeff Jarrett to climb up and, uh, well, claim the belt, put the belt on the hook. (laughs) But the heat this gets from the crowd is unreal. They start lobbing like bottles and rubbish and like whatever they have to hand, they start pelting it into the ring. Uh, So like when you get like a genuine reaction from a crowd, like that's awesome. So I really enjoyed that. Mm. But the other thing was, maybe you can explain this. It's probably something in storyline at the end of the match, Jim Cornette comes out and takes the belt off Jeff Jarrett. Are you aware of what's going on there or what the storyline is? Yeah, so Jeff Jarrett was the
2: authority figure and he didn't like, um, not Jarrett, sorry, uh, Jim Cornette was the authority figure and he didn't like Jeff Jarrett. So he'd just periodically come out and take the belt off Jeff Jarrett Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett had to win. (laughs) So he actually, So he legitimately stripped him of the belt. Yeah, he would just do it every now and then. But the thing about it is, Jeff Jarrett would always win. So, you know,
1: I love that. Jeff's getting up, put his trousers on in the morning. Jim Cornette pops out and goes, Nope, (laughs) (laughs)
0: nope. Take it out. You'll have have to win it. You'll have to win
2: it. You have to win that belt in a two hour 3 fall casket match.
1: take your shoelaces off and tie them together if you want to keep your trousers up but you're not doing it with this belt
2: (laughs) so it's funny right so the next match it's like it's pretty it's actually pretty good probably the second best match like objectively but we're actually going along on a timeline so that was earlier two years later it's the first ever Prison Yards match with Abyss versus Sting now what's interesting is Abyss and Sting would feud for most of 2007 and they would have like a bunch of these weird matches that didn't really make a whole mess of sense you know but abyss would bring out the more violent part of sting sting was never really this um was never really this aggressive this hardcore you know but he's wearing a cool mask like sting during this and i I actually forgot sorry sting was wearing this mask like abyss which i forgot about um and it is kind of goofy like they have like at some point some parts are like properly you know, yeah, this is like a cool wrestling backstage thing, but then they have like a fake wall, which is just someone drew a wall. You're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, this is pretty bad. But for what it is, this match, why I like it is it shows Sting doing the hardcore garbage wrestling stuff in a way that, you know, when uh, Undertaker had his run as the hardcore champion? Yeah. Very much the same way.
1: Yeah. What I liked about this is that when a lot of guys who that isn't their style
0: hmm.
1: um when they do it they're so delicate about it like you can see like they really hold back
2: um but you know, see, he's like in ever, there with an abyss and abyss is yeah, bumping for him suppose, like an absolute
1: champion do you ever see uh, hulk hogan when he's swinging a chair
2: oh that's the worst
1: <laughs> tipping guys on the head um but what i like about this is that this isn't Sting's style. no when the bell goes, and like we say, it was like we we're talking about earlier, he's going to make this company a success and he's going to make that his personal responsibility. So, when the bell goes, he goes for this. He like, does. he throws his whole body into this. He doesn't hold anything back. When he has to gig, he gigs. Like, he there's, there's busts a nasty, himself open.
2: There's a nasty spot in it where he breaks one of the little lights, up, where Abyss breaks one of the lights over his head and it, like, legit just smashes on his head and he bleeds everywhere. Oh, like, yeah. man. What um, a what a shot. Like, what an image. It's really good.
1: Really, really n- good. Not afraid to bleed. No. Um, no, and made it look legit and cool. Like you said, look, there's goofy stuff in the match. There's the fake wall. There's a bit at the start where he throws them on a table. For some reason, the table has wheels. And, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and the commentators are pretending it doesn't. Because he's like, oh, he's... Abyss is dragging sting around on that table. I said, nah man, the table has wheels. <laughs> He's
2: not There's a goofy part in the match, but I actually kinda like it. It's near the end, it's, it's like the last sequence where um there's a table set up in the ring and abyss and abyss is climbing the cage for some reason, which they don't really explain. And uh, Sting runs over, grabs like barbed wire, like a barbed wire board, puts it on top of the table and power bombs Abyss. Now it's a cool spot and looks great it's in Abyss, awesome. obviously. It, yeah. it is awesome but you're also like oh that that's a bit ham-fisted there <laughs>
1: you know but still I th- it's really good i think there was just a bit of a miscommunication there i think what was supposed to happen was sting was supposed to win the table and the reason abyss was climbing the cage was because mm. he's going to climb on top of it and jump off on the thing through the table i think that's what the idea was but whatever happened in the execution it got a bit yeah it got a bit messed up and it looked a bit uh, contrived but the end,
2: the, yeah you, you forget
1: all that whenever he gets power bombed through the barbed wire table like you instantly forgive all
0: that
2: it's glass because the barbed wire table is not really something i have seen anywhere else that isn't tna um so it is pretty cool uh the ending of the match father james mistral is in there bleeding everywhere for, for some reason uh,
1: which is funny. He just shows up in random spots, even today, and just bleeds. There's trying to be a priest somewhere in Ireland called Father James Mitchell.
2: Maybe it's him. Maybe it's just his like side gig.
1: We should get him on the show. <laughs> do you know should, who you have the
2: same name as? We
1: should no. We shouldn't even tell him. We should get him on the show and just not tell him why. <laughs> just be like, we're here to. We should do a like a This Is Your Life of Father James Mitchell <laughs> and go through Father James Mitchell and be like lads I think you might have the wrong now father would you stop <laughs> tell us what TNA was like
2: <laughs> but listen this match ended uh, in kind of a contrived way there was a cell in the ring and you had to get throw them into the cell so power bound them and then throw them in the cell and then lock it and that was it so Sting would win and guys we are going to leave it there because we have to take a break here and then go on to the podcast what Martin, a
1: cliffhanger like, I know right Right know, there, I, right before we talk about not only the best TNA match, not only Dara's favorite TNA match, Dara's favorite match ever. Ever period. What a <laughs> cliffhanger. It,
2: like seriously folks, if you don't know the one we're gonna talk about, it's uh it's it's incredible. It's it's totally worth your time. So if we haven't touched you enough, please go over to com, the true penny channel or near uh, the wrestling com, where you can get all of our shows for free they're up there our social media is now actually active and doing things thanks to the efforts of martin um and yeah we're all we're going to be uh posting a lot more content there from the archives we have a patreon as well go over and g- sign up to the renateer which is uh tenor spelled backwards and uh, martin is there anything else you want to plug before we jump over to the podcast
1: lads get on the podcast and i'll give you a wee clue the deathbed (laughs) the
2: deathbed cometh (laughs) and with that folks we'll see you next week here on Phoenix 32.5 FM you have nothing
0: else to do on a Saturday
2: do you like nerd things? So check out Nerd to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to media.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Sorry, everybody. That was, the was, 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 was Sunkara. Fucking Sunkara, but. a fucking you were watching with Sin Cara, weren't you?
1: Yes, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. I saw oh The different variations on the... On the, the I, I was actually really impressed when he would jump into the ring until I found out that there's a wee... Yeah. Uh, there's a
2: And that they always recorded it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. All right, folks, welcome back. We are here on the wrestlingrewind.com and, of course, com, the True Painting Channel, and all the other places on the internet where this show ends up. Because, you know, it's funny. I was looking at, like, the feed the other day, and it's just, like, random places that I didn't put it. So it's like this podcast and this podcast area. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, I don't know. Oh, people yeah. listen to it in random places. So wherever you're checking I, this out. I do, so a,
1: I do a version after we put the show out. I do a re-recording of it um, that I put up on Pornhub. Well, there you go. I mean, why not? Yeah. So, look, you like wrestling and feet? I <laughs> get it. Got to get on our Pornhub stream.
2: <laughs> uh, they're not related. They're no. just, it's still the same show. But... It's
1: just me with my shoes off watching the <laughs> watching the podcast.
2: <laughs> but listen, Martin, we we've we've enticed the audience. Too much. We've teased them too much,
1: <laughs> and then immediately turned them off with that. <laughs> yeah. Do, you know,
2: do you know what the greatest wrestling match of all time is?
1: I do, and even though I know, I still can't believe you're about to say it. But and, and by the way, folks, he genuinely means this. This is not a bit.
2: No, it's not a bit. I I like. I sent Martin D's the like an overview of Sting's career, and I was like. Guess which one's the best one? He's like, I knew it was going to be that one. I just knew it was going to be. So let me take you back, because again, we have access to a time machine. Uh, To 2007, March 11th, in Orlando, Florida, the impact zone. First you must die in order to live, Destination X. We have a feud which has been going on for, for some time between Sting and the Monster Abyss. In the one the only last rights match. Yeah. For if anyone if anyone doesn't know what this is, it's not exactly a casket match. It's not exactly a Muppet. It's uh it's a last rights match. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's
1: kind of like a mix between a casket match and a shark cage match.
2: Yeah, but a little bit, yeah. If you bought it you know, you know, in the hardware stores, a Halloween when they're selling like the stuff for Halloween, like the yeah. the skeletons and the and the, the candlestick holder and stuff. Imagine that! But like, that's what they actually bought. So the entire ring is just covered with like. Oh, garbage. they
1: they spent anywhere between twenty, 20 euro. to twenty five euro at Spirit Halloween store. Oh, like,
2: absolutely. So, <laughs>
1: so they have. So, okay, so in
2: WWE. They'll have like, you know, proper tombstones and they'll have like, you know, a proper like funeral parlor because, you know, Paul Bearer literally had a funeral parlor. So it was easy to do. TNA's answer to that is we're going to cover the ring with random plastic tombstones.
1: S- send an intern down to the <laughs> shopping center. For 25 euro. Here's the ironic thing. They, they're actually at a
2: movie studios. <laughs> they probably could have asked someone in in our land like in universal studios been like lads listen do, do you have some?" because you know you know what universal's uh famous for the the universal horror nights oh you know um but no they didn't do that they they went to spirit halloween got <laughs> some candlesticks put them around like just on the turnbuckle and uh had some random tombstones, and basically every time they they whip into the ropes they just wiggle just a little bit i think it's wonderful <laughs> um it's just so shoddily done the it's, rules
1: but, of the, what i oh actually yeah go through the rules first and then we'll
2: so the rules of this basically state that um you have to be bleeding and then the deathbed has to be summoned i don't think you have the pin right so you'd have to bleed first and then
0: yeah
1: the deathbed, no, one, no one has ever died without bleeding
2: no and so you don't have to pin them, you just have to bleed, and then the referee will summon the deathbed, right? <laughs> That's So stupid. So the deathbed is literally a casket. I don't know why they don't call it like a coffin or a casket. They specifically call it the deathbed, right? And it's this like casket that's just coming down super slowly.
1: Oh my like god, insanely slowly so from the slowly, rise, right? So
2: it's just dropping
1: down. It is. It's, and, the, it's the intern who was sent to spirit store. He's up there in the rafters and all he has is like a wee hand crank. And he's like, ah. Oh, winds on. it up and down. So
2: periodically, like, I, I, like this thing is going down super slow, right? Uh, they just shoot it with dry ice. And then the lights change into this like blue mess. So you can't really see what's going on in the match because it is just blue and smoke. But Sting is sitting there and he's he's bleeding everywhere. Abyss is like, I have this one, and the match is just—it's peak TNA. Like, you know, people are like, "Oh, it's terrible." It's not. This is this is what wrestling is, Martin. This is wrestling.
1: It's a, it's actually not terrible. No, I like, think it's great. Like, genuinely, and and not just because it's like a ridiculous gimmick TNA last rights match in which a <laughs> coffin is lowered from the Death ceiling. Bed. A deathbed, sorry. Yeah, I suppose it's. I think it's because it's on a platform. I don't know if that's what makes it a a bed or. Well, so no. so
2: so it's important to remember how you win the matches. You have to be bleeding, and then you have to put them in the coffin and close. Yeah. Close the cask or the deathbed. Close. You know, it, but
1: it, so. but your deathbed is what you die. You wouldn't be in the car co- like you're still alive when you get into your deathbed. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, <laughs> like if your deathbed is a coffin, you were very pessimistic. you like, <laughs> just like oh, about your chances of survival. Going end up here anyway. Just <laughs> no, no. I'll save everybody the bother. I'll just get in now. <laughs>
2: um, so uh, this thing eventually does fight his way back, and um Abyss kind of loses this match for himself because he struggles to carry this really, really heavy tombstone, which isn't heavy. It's a plastic tombstone, but he pretends like it's really heavy.
1: And that's actually what causes Sting to actually get the upper hand. Yeah, but don't, like, Sting is at fault here. Because Abyss, when he does the the thing where he's making the tombstone look like it's really heavy, he does a great job of it. He does, absolutely. When he lifts it, it looks like a big slab of concrete. Like, he does a whole uh, bump and thudding it down. The problem is that... Then he gets into the ring and Sting lifts it like he's jauntily picking up his umbrella before heading, <laughs> out, heading out into the ring. Like Sting's swinging the thing around like, like there's my, nothing to it.
2: My favourite part of this match is uh, basically after that moment, it's a couple of seconds afterwards, he puts Abyss into it right? and Abyss like, moves the bedding out of the way. <laughs> But like, just so he can get into it comfortably, I'm like, "Oh, lads,
1: ah, it's your deathbed. You're gonna be in there a long time." You know? You I know, but you, it's just, it's just like, come on, comfy.
2: what, what are you doing? I just, I just love the fact that like they all sit around and were like, oh, this is gonna be amazing, guys. We're gonna have the best, the best match ever. And the worst thing about it is there's some serious bumps in it. Like that, uh, that choke slam onto the casket looked like oh. a burnt, like hell.
1: Yeah, and it actually looks great. Like it smashes the the lid of the coffin in and it's, it's pretty cool um <laughs> so the problem is that it's like the goofier stuff kind of lets down the legitimately dangerous and painful stuff so like, <laughs> like- er- earlier you were talking about the candles so one of my favorite part parts of the match was what you talked about the candles so there's these candlesticks on each of the turnbuckles and like Dara was saying, every time someone gets turned into the turnbuckle, thrown into the turnbuckle, they wobble because they're made out of plastic. Um, uh, Abyss lifts one, rips one off at one stage and hits Sting with it and Sting's busted open. Oh, he was hitting the face and he's bleeding everything. Like, uh, he's not because it's it's plastic. But the, the best part is, is that they use the correct terminology for these candlesticks. Like you, <laughs> they keep calling them candelabras oh no this is not the candelabra no it's dang don't do it it's not worth it put the candelabra down <laughs> <laughs> Just, and the whole time he's <laughs> like they're like threateningly swinging these candelabras around For anyone doesn't know a candelabra is one of those candlesticks that has a uh, three candles so it's like a pronged there's Three bits that are coming up. Uh, (laughs) Sting's got the candelabra, the candelabra. But the whole time they're doing this, and I'm looking at the candelabra, all I can think of is the singing candelabra from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Lumiere? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is the most... So I'm thinking of Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) The announcers are screaming about the candelabra. And all I can think of is... uh, what do you call your band? Who did the film "Behind the Candelabra"? Or <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know whatever it is. No but idea. I'm sitting there going, "This is the least threatening thing ever." But the
2: whole thing—that's what I'm saying. Like the whole thing is really like it's undone by its gimmick, right? So the end of it comes where they do this spot where they set up like a table made of chairs and a tombstone for reasons, and Abyss ends up in the deathbed, right? But the thing about it is, when you see a casket match, normally they have it off to the side of the ring so the camera doesn't get it. You know, like, yeah, in, it, 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 you can hide an awful lot based on placement, which is why I think WWE never put the casket in the ring because it yeah. looks really stupid. So if you're watching Abyss... because <laughs> it takes yeah, up all the room in the bloody ring. But also, you can see them like angling themselves into it. You know, it, yeah. a lot of this match is Abyss, you know, sorting himself out to get into the casket, right? And uh, the end of it comes where Abyss is just there. He he's been beaten and he's put in. And Abyss is just and sorry, and um Sting is just lying on top of it, bleeding everywhere. And out of nowhere, the referee then just does the the up symbol, you know, and the deathbed rises with Sting and <laughs> Abyss in it. And Mike and Ace just screams
0: the, the deathbed is rising.
2: <laughs> what is going on here? And I, I'm just like, this is wonderful this is exactly what I and, asking
1: and again the intern is up on the rafters with the hand crank doing his best it's not his fault but mike today is screaming that deathbed is rising it's rising oh my god the deathbed is rising the deathbed is rising and at this stage the deathbed is between six and eight inches off the ground it's enough to get sting so things can jump can comfortably
2: <laughs> jump off it and like just
1: look at it like it's so slow i think at one stage sting <laughs> was meant to do like an undertaker type sort of raising his arms as the as the deathbed raises but it raises so slowly that he goes to put up his arms and then he just puts them down because he's like oh, i'm gonna stand list. here for 12 minutes with my arms up while the deathbed raises?" so you know what
2: we missed out on unfortunately what sting Undertaker. Last rights match.
0: Yes.
1: Well, I mean, we'll get into it when we do WWE because we missed out on the Sting Undertaker match in general. I know, but, but I mean but yes, imagine, imagine how wonderful Taker. that would have been. That's Don't right. change anything.
2: The exact same. <laughs> <laughs> Don't change anything.
1: <laughs> have you have you ever seen a show called uh Garth Marangi's Dark Place? No. It's it's actually amazing. So anyone out there listening. Uh, yeah, go look up Garth Mange's Dark Place. It's incredible. But it's, it's kind of a <laughs> deliberately terrible TV show. And uh, there's a scene in it in a graveyard. And I, <laughs> it, this must be deliberate, because it's filmed in a real graveyard, but they've made it look like a fake graveyard. Because, you know, it's supposed to be a terrible TV show. So they're at a funeral in this fake graveyard. And all you can see in the background is the headstones kind of wobbling in the wind. <laughs> Bouncing back and forth in the breeze. And that's what I was thinking of when I was watching them swing around the, the headstones in this. And the cabalabras. And the, the candelabras.
0: <laughs> well, my oh, God. my God.
1: Look, it's just,
2: to me, that just encapsulates... TNA in a nutshell right it's just one of those things where it's like the wheels are starting to fall off the rest of the like the rest of the card actually is very good we might even cover Destination X at some point but um, to put this into perspective here's some of the other matches that were on that card right a ghetto brawl a double bull rope match a cross face chicken winning match tag team match two L3 folds uh, match for the X Division Championship which looks really good Elevation X match with Rhino, who was afraid of heights.
1: <laughs> he would have been perfectly safe on the deathbed.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, they were some of the matches. So, you know, TNA around this point, it's so wonderful. It's, it's
1: starting t- to sound suspiciously like, uh, do you remember the Christmas one we did a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> a Christmas cage match, a reindeer on a North Pole match, <laughs> a silent night, violet night match.
2: We need more gimmick match matches
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gimmick match match All the gimmicks in history All at once (laughs) On a pole
2: (laughs) So yeah Um, So Sting obviously would would stay in in, uh, TNA for for A very long time honestly like it wasn't Until like the depths Of of TNA's Proper fall Where he was like nah look I'm kind of done here You know And um he would then just kind of hang out for a little while and nobody actually believed that this would happen except for me, Martin. Now you weren't on the show at the time, maybe long-term listeners remember that for years for a good four years. Is this your w-
1: punk will return of the time? Of the time. It's just,
2: this is true. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it was a lot, it was a lot shorter time period with punk coming back. I didn't expect to be right immediately. <laughs> But with this, uh, you know, I was running a campaign called uh, Bring Sting to the WWE and getting to face The Undertaker WrestleMania campaign. I never really got a better name than that. Um, (laughs) It's catchy. It's catchy. It works. But uh, I I was proven right when in 2014, he would randomly show up at uh, San Diego Comic-Con and then debut at Survivor Series. Now... We call this his WWE stint because gee, it's it wasn't very long
1: and it caused him a stint in the hospital
2: and it caused him, that was that was Seth Rollins, I mean all full blame has to go to Seth Rollins there um, and I'm not even joking, I mean Buckle Obama's is dangerous, particularly on an elderly man um, I don't know why he thought that was a good idea, but obviously he wasn't um, it, it would yield a couple of things one, we'd have Sting in the WWE, which nobody except me thought would happen, right? So I'm going to list the good things. Yeah. He showed up in the WWE Hall of Fame, which was incredible. I mean, well-earned. Not so much for his oh, WWE, yeah. but more for, you know, WCW, yeah. right? Well, I mean, at this stage, they owned WCW. Exactly. So. Yeah, it, it, it made sense. It, it genuinely made sense. And, you know, he'd have a match at WrestleMania, which, again, never, no one ever thought that would happen. Um, except yeah. Me. But um, it did. Oh, a,
1: even if it wasn't great, it's an awesome bucket list thing. Exactly,
2: yeah. Look, it wasn't going to be great. Like, his best years were behind him. This was seven years after the deathbed match. And, man, once you've been on the deathbed... <laughs> the peak of the career. The peak of the career. You know, it's all downhill from here. Um, so, look, he was getting on. I, I do think the match that he had where it became DX versus the NWO still made no sense. I mean, for anyone who watched WCW, that made no sense. If the... what yeah. Like... If I had him in the Wolfpack versus DX, that actually would have made a lot of sense. But having Hogan show up, Here's my didn't make
1: any sense. My biggest issue with his uh, WWE run, and most people's issue with it is all anybody wanted was Sting versus The Undertaker. That's yeah. all anybody wanted. And yeah. it said they did the stupid thing with Triple H. And like I get the anger over that. But my biggest issue with it is that they used it to retread the whole... WWE versus WCW stuff, and I'm sitting mm. watching it going. Firstly, you are WCW now; you you own WCW. But also, that was 13 years
0: ago, <laughs>
1: and Sting has been wrestling in TNA for 11 years. Like he's in a TNA. Uh, let me think. 88, 98.
2: He's he was in, in TNA a- longer than he was in WCW. So,
1: if not longer, the pretty much the same amount of time but it's been over a decade and he's been, like, Sting hasn't for the past 13 years been at home ruminating on the loss <laughs> to WWF and the death of WC. like he moved on he, he became the on. WWA champion <laughs> and he became like a TNA mainstay for over a decade like 13 years, something like that but as but soon secretly- as he
2: gets- Secret, he was like, One day, it's one like, day I'm going to do this feud that makes no sense and contradicts everything that I've done in WCW.
1: It's like, imagine you do one daft thing in your life, right? One time you pee your pants in school in the lunch hall, right? Right, but then you go on to have a successful career, you build up your own company. And then you sell that company and you use the profits to like start a nonprofit charity. And you, your charity develops like, a, like a, a vaccine that saves millions of lives in like impoverished countries. And, and then you come back home and people are like, oh, there's your man pissed his pants. Like, like get over the WCW thing. They
2: can't. And it, no. it's a it's it's a sad part. It's a sad thing because the way I'll put it this way: if WWE was run then the way it is now, I think it would have been very different. WWE, well, didn't. I not know. It was now, the reason, no, the H reason, no, was, yeah, but AAA was Triple wasn't booking it. Remember, nothing existed after WCW. Vince no there was WCW and that's it so they couldn't pull in their defense and I'm not defending it because I mean I'm the biggest critic of it but in their defense the time from his debut to that WrestleMania match was incredibly short it's it's very similar to put in perspective folks if you're listening to this now in uh, 2024 uh, it's the equivalent to when Punk came back you know, he came back, oh, WrestleMania bang, and he put him into a program. Now, luckily, a lot of people legitimately hate CM Punk, so they had a lot to actually work on. With Sting, they had nothing. I mean, they couldn't talk about his career in WWE, his, his lauded career in WWE.
1: World champion of the World Wrestling Association. Like, come on. <laughs>
2: All-Stars, World Wrestling and All-Stars. All-Stars.
1: He's the only man to hold the WWE, NWA, WCW and TNA titles.
2: But they couldn't say that because they didn't own the NWA, TNA or, or <laughs> WWE title. And that's the problem. Like They had all these... They, they didn't have anything to pull from. The only thing they had and they didn't have time to build up another story. But what was crazy about it is, and this is why I think they really should have went for it. With Taker... There, I don't think he was doing anything at that point I don't know who he faced at that Wrestlemania It was probably Who did he face at Wrestlemania, do you know?
1: Uh, you, you talk you... and I'll, I'll look it up was 2000, 2014 so, Or
2: 2015 Wrestlemania I'll look It up. Um, yeah, uh, was a 31, let's see Hold on, I have it here uh, Oh, it was Brock Lesnar Oh, was that when he lost? That's when he lost Oh, Bray what Wyatt, he... sorry, it was Bray Wyatt It was Bray Wyatt oh. uh, 2015 yeah, look. I'm, look, as much as I like Bray, um, I think a match with with Sting would have been a lot, or even better. Again, you know, rebooking that in hindsight, having the trade him evolved would have been amazing. It actually, would have made Bray. Would have made Bray. You know, rebooking Yay,
1: that. The rebooking, three spooky characters.
2: Yeah, rebooking that with, with hindsight being twenty twenty, Bray Wyatt beating the Undertaker and Sting. You would have yeah. made Bray a megastar then And nothing would have been able to actually undo him That's what they should have done Give the streak
1: Kind of would have made sense That the streak went To another kind of supernatural Spooky character Yeah well let's put it in perspective The guy who broke the streak will
2: never be talked of again in WWE The streak no. is intact again Technically
1: uh, Oh yeah yeah <laughs> in terms of being <laughs> retconned yeah, yeah absolutely It's like what is it uh, What's the Royal Rumble that nobody won
2: there's no three There's three Raw Rumbles that nobody. Four Raw Rumbles that nobody ever won.
1: <laughs> Was it 2004 when Benoit won? Yeah, it? and then there's
2: 1999 when Vince won it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And then I think I think Brock Lesnar won it twice, right? Yeah. So Royal technically, Royal there's four Raw Rumbles that don't have a winner.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Maybe they'll will they go with? It? Will they just ignore them or will they go with like whoever came second? I don't know. I
2: don't know. It's. It's bizarre, but look, it's a problem that, in in hindsight, they should have done that. You know, Bray Wyatt, he would have been made a megastar then, and he already kind of was, but like, think of the rub he would have got oh, against yeah. Sting and The Undertaker. And that feud was ready-made, Where it's like, Sting and The Undertaker could have even teamed up against the evil of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt could have been, you I know... Think,
1: I think Wyatt might legitimately be the most fumbled... Oh, easily ever! Easy. because easy. Like, yeah. Anyone can fumble a character, fumble a guy, fumble a you know maybe a period of time when they were hot, but they had like three chances with Wyatt, were like three different characters, and each of them were really hot, and each of them had like like lengthy time periods where they were way over, and every time they got it wrong.
2: Yeah, it's and you know what? Maybe maybe we'll look into that coming up to WrestleMania because he probably is going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. I- Pretty much guarantee you. Wow,
1: that's nice.
2: But um, yeah, man, it's looking back at this, you're like, okay, having the match with Triple H. While it was cool to see Triple H winning, don't know why. Oh, oh wait, no, that... Triple H, Triple H didn't win. Did Sting win? No, no, Triple H did win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tri- Triple H did win, and I don't really know why he won. Um, it still, it still doesn't make. Was, it, was this during sense? the? Lol, Triple H wins. No, no, period. this was no. This was well after that. This was well after that. But uh, I do, think we well, is... do know
1: it was. It was fourteen years later, and <laughs> Vince still could not let go of the uh, of the eighty three weeks when WCW beat them in the ratings. That's probably true. That's so right. he's going to punish Sting for this thirteen years later, I rather rather than put on the like once in a generation program. match that the fans want to see
2: and again like it's kind of sad that like we didn't have Triple H booking at the time or even Shawn Michaels or literally anybody Tony Khan booking this in 2015 I would have taken because everyone knew what the call was and even if it had been against Triple H you could have handled that a lot better but you know Taker and uh, Taker and Sting was the right call but even looking at it now in hindsight Taker, Sting, Bray Wyatt they should have earned Sting having a match with Bray Wyatt. It would have what been really, be, really cool.
1: And even, like you say, even at this stage, Sting is getting on a bit. So a triple threat would have maybe given him a wee bit more space. You know, we wee bit of breathing room. They, did, they didn't have to. Like, the thing about those matches, I won't spend too long enough. But the thing about
2: those three in the ring, with the exception of Taker, because Taker wasn't fully broken down yet, none of them had to actually do anything. They could have just done spoopy nonsense. Oh yeah! For ten minutes, it would have been incredible. Like none of them had to actually take any bumps. That's why
1: it was the. No, the the only thing they had to do was put the match on later than they actually put the match on because they put the spooky Undertaker Bray Wyatt match on in the middle of the day, the sun beaming down on them. Like, no, these are creatures of the night.
2: Yeah, like that's the thing. The the whole that WrestleMania was so bizarre in a lot of ways, but it does stand in, it's just like, you did not think this true. and again, I think it's because those, those WrestleManias are like, 15 hours long or something, They're like, we gotta, we gotta get through it, come on, so there's a lot to be said, for a two night Wrestlemania thing, and again, like it's a shame, that we don't have, this happening now, where, it, it would be given time to breed, ego would be put aside, and it's like, right, what what do people actually want, Um, we just didn't get it, but this, I think the real sad part here is, you know, talking about Con is, it would lead to Sting's first retirement because he'd have his first and only title shot at the WWE, um, the WWE strap, and it would be at Night of Champions. I remember when that was announced, I'm like, that's weird. That's probably going to go bad. And it did. Um, Seth Rollins delivered a bomb, buckle bomb and nearly crippled Sting, legitimately.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you listen to any of the Sting's on a couple of interviews and a couple of documentaries where he talks about that match, and he... like. He really does feel like he says when it happens he's like oh, i know this is wrong like mm. my career's over maybe my life's over yeah he's such a damn pro that he finishes the match like anyone else would have just been like i, I call this i'm i'm done you know yeah
2: but he he finished it
1: uh, he
2: finished it it was Oh, man, it's it's so upsetting. It really is that that happened. And I think, like a lot of people, I was devastated that that, that would be it for Sting. You know, but we'd get a lease on life, or Sting would, um, and as wrestling fans, we'd get a lease on life on Sting's career with AEW. So, obviously, he was tied to a Legends contract in WWE for a while. Obviously, WWE looked after him really, really well. He was in the 2K games for years. And then, all of a sudden, his merch gets pulled. And we're like, what's going on here? And he'd make a surprise appearance at AEW. Now, Sting, again, like a lot of people, a lot of AEW fans, a lot of people who watch AEW now are probably younger, didn't watch WCW. They definitely didn't watch TNA. um, And Sting still showed up. So it showed you that, even still, his lackluster WWE run, he still had enough juice. Just being Sting, just being a character Sting, he was able to come in and be a game-changer. For AEW. Legitimate big signing. Um, I know some people are like, oh, they're, they're, whatever. No, he was. Like AEW needed a sting. They got a sting. They got these thing. And I think pairing them up with Darby Allen was probably the best thing to do. Because one, Darby Allen will, will bump, will take all crazy bumps for no reason.
1: Oh, he's uh, I dread to think what he's gonna do on Sunday. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. He he
2: will he will he will take all these bumps, so Sting didn't have to. Sting was able to go back into really just being that Presence, you know, uh having him win the belts was interesting, and now gearing up to his final match. Now, the question I have here is uh for you, Martin, as the AEW fan: What were the highlights of of this of this run for Sting, and what do you wish he maybe did differently, or what would you like to have seen?
1: Okay, so, a uh, great question because it that lets me <laughs> get into the rant that I. Was oh, doing. I am. That's I've I just been. I holding up. myself back on. So. Highlights. Firstly, his debut. A lot of people talk about like um, Sting showing up. How it was this amazing surprise. How it was a big sign and blah blah. The most impressive thing about Sting's debut was that it was mid-pandemic. So when he showed up at that arena, it was it wasn't an empty arena, but it was when they were just starting to let people back in. But it was strictly limited. Like everybody had to be six feet apart. So it meant you had an arena that could maybe hold 10,000 people that might have only had six or 800 in it. So it's during the pandemic, it's during the social distancing and all that. That sting graphic comes up out of nowhere. And those 800 people in that crowd sound like 10,000. Like they go off. They are absolutely losing their minds. Um, and it even brought it brought the best out of everyone. So the presentation was amazing, the surprise was incredible, the pop was huge. But it even made Jr. Like Jr. gets a lot of stick for you know not being as good as he used to be, but his call in this like this is one of the last times I remember a Jr. call really like making a moment. The other way Jr. called used to make a moment when he shouted them, and he's like. Sting's back look at this crowd they've lost their minds nobody's forgotten just incredible call so Sting's debut was brilliant but
2: when he sorry what's interesting about that is it's like nobody's forgotten nobody
1: remembered I know I think I think AEW crowds are a wee bit uh, a wee bit more clued and I think they're largely um, kind of millennial and they're more Wrestling than WWE fans, so I have, bre- I have breaking news. Oh no! What? <laughs> Who's dead? No,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> so we have a correction to make. So quote: This comes from the Bleacher Report. Sting tells Bleacher Report that Crow Sting wasn't influenced by the movie The Crow. Quote: I suppose possibly the Crow character may have had some influence, but that was nothing I ever really thought about. As somebody said, "Hey, he's Crow Sting," and I went, "Okay." I see it, but I saw the movie, and I think I don't think. Uh, sorry, I I see it. I saw the movie. I think I don't think I've seen the whole movie from beginning to the end. Um, I've just seen bits and pieces here over the uh, here and there over the years. But I remember when it first came out. When I was developing this crow character, I wasn't thinking about the movie at all. I was thinking about Kiss. I was thinking about the Rocky Horror. I was thinking about Batman and other things that have influenced me over the years. I don't buy it. I don't buy that. I don't play that. It's a
1: total coincidence that I look exactly like the character from the just keep reading. Does you go further down the Joker character? No, I've never I've never seen the Dark Knight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? Who's the Joker?
1: Surfer Sting? I have never surfed in my life. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> I will not stand for this
1: slander. <laughs> to be fair to him, I think he had the sting name before the musician sting. That's true. I think Sting, the wrestler, actually has the copyright on the name. Really? Uh, yeah, because Sting, the musician, kind of uses the name more casually. Right. Like it's it's sort of just how he's known, rather than. Um, but I think Sting has the copyright on it. But obviously he's sound about it, and he doesn't mind your man using it.
2: <laughs> but there you go. Sorry, I had to, I had to, when once I saw that I was like, oh, we have to correct ourselves. This is too funny.
1: Oh yeah, that's correct. So the the crow character has nothing to do with the crow. He just looks like line for line, like each swish of makeup is line for line like the crow. I love that he's like. I never saw the whole movie. You're like, but did you see it up to the point where the crow appears?
2: <laughs> I seen bits of it. You know the bit where Brandon Lee shows up. in that Yeah, that's the only bits I saw.
1: I've seen bits of it. Yeah, all the bits with the crow. <laughs> Um, so Sting does his big debut that's a moment right but I was like a lot of people thinking oh awesome Sting's here but he's going to be you know like a not a manager but he'll be like a a menacing on screen character he might swing the bat a few times he'll he'll punch people but he's not going to be wrestling Mm. and then he does does a couple of promos does a couple of uh like uh, teases a couple of fights with people, but he gets in the ring one day with Brian Cage, and he's having this back and forth with Brian Cage. And Brian Cage boots him in the stomach, lifts him up, and fully—and I mean fully—power bombs him in the middle of the ring. And like, you know, Sting's whole issue is his neck and his back and that. And you're looking at him, you're expecting him to shatter like a Faberge egg when he hits the when he hits the canvas. Mm. but that was the moment where oh my god he's he's going to wrestle he's actually going to wrestle um so that was a huge moment his first match was a cinematic match uh but they were kind of the norm during the pandemic they were uh, so it was it was really it was really cool it was like all shot in black and white and um they did a lot of really, like they used the cinematic thing really cleverly. They did a lot of really cool stunts with it. You know, they had, um, they've, ha- they've kept Sting really cool without having him to do like a load of huge bumps. Like mm-hmm. there's one thing where him and Darby Allen are like at opposite ends of this huge warehouse and Darby Allen just fires Sting's bat and Sting like catches it one-handed. You know, they're keeping him really cool without having to have him like, landing in his neck so that was another moment but I think one of the biggest ones for me was we're post-pandemic we're back in the live shows Sting Mm. is going to wrestle now in front of a live crowd it's not a cinematic match he's fully going to wrestle in front of a live crowd And everybody's talking about, oh, yeah, he'll be really protected. He'll be taken care of. You know, he'd probably do a few punches and kicks and then, you know, disappear off the side and blah, blah, blah. No, Sting climbs up on top of the the, uh, ring entrance, leaps, an incredible leap, leaps off it uh, onto a group of guys and just does this insane match. He's getting slammed. He's getting put through tables. Like, we've seen him be double powerbombed through tables. We've seen Sammy Guevara come off the top rope and outside the ring and crush him. Like, Sting's a legend. Mm. And you know how legends get handled. You know, they come in and they, like, show up the new guys and they throw a few punches and blah, blah, blah. No. This, in a long and storied career, this AEW run has legitimately been one of the best absolutely
2: absolutely it really has and it's it's a whole different run i mean it's it's kind of like i think if things had have been different the way i see stings aw run is if taker had a stepped back and maybe done the ministry taker again where he's mentoring someone younger that's probably what yep. we would have saw but because obviously they were totally different they did completely different things uh, I think Sting is a little bit younger than Taker as well. Um,
1: it, well, it just... Sting is—I I can't. I still can't believe this because um, <laughs> he's going to have an insane match in what twenty-four, forty-eight hours. Yeah. Sting is
0: sixty-four.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Undertaker is no, the Undertaker is fifty-eight. Wow. Okay, so Sting's Sting older than six years on him. Wow. Well, here's the thing <laughs> he's again. Still wrestling.
2: The thing about it is, it's Sting's career has been more spread out. He's worked the safer style. He he's worked a lesser schedule as well. And I don't think Undertakers maybe worked one match a year for a couple of years, but Sting has been smart about it. You know, he's he's still there. Um, yeah. I, I I do. He's protected I don't want to go by on, Jesus. Well, that's true. Yeah, I'm going to go on record. Gotta make a wild prediction here, Martin.
1: Oh, there we go.
2: We will see. Sting versus The Undertaker At some point Guarantee you, It will happen It will it's happen
1: In heaven
2: No No Dude, <laughs> Don't say that That's so dark No I do think we will see it I think once this AEW thing is done with Sting He'll go off into the sunset You know The call will go out at some point Sting Undertaker WrestleMania some point It will happen I mean money talks I'm, So I'm d- Dumb truck full of money, hey Stinger, <laughs> one more time. We're like all right, well, You know, I need another boat.
1: Well, actually, I don't know if money would have the effect on him because this is another little-known thing about Sting. He's actually one of the most well-off wrestlers, uh, not because of like his massive um, paychecks or. And although he was undoubtedly the icon, he was well paid, but apparently he's like a really, really savvy investor. And whenever he gave up the drink and gave up the drugs and went uh, Christian, he also got really into investing. So, like a lot of guys were getting paid big money and spending big money, now mm. apparently Sting like invested everything really wisely, and he's loaded. So it kind of shows the love he has for the game. I, I look—he's sixty-four years old. He's loaded, and he's still going out there taking massive bumps. I still think he'll do it. I'll t- I tell you what I'll make a because because
2: here's the thing he has gone on record and said that it's the one thing that eats away at him.
1: Uh, I, I I don't see it, but I've been wrong about these things before.
2: That's fair. I look I, as I said, there's just if you're looking at a career, and we've gone through Sting's career quite well, if I if I don't say so myself. I think um, we did pretty. Good. And the, but there's one glaring omission. One I, I, glaring omission.
1: It, it there is, but I, you know, I think sometimes time and life mean, unfortunately, glaring omissions just have to stand. I look. I would never
2: say never until one was in the ground, and even then, we've already seen the deathbed rise once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's here's my prediction. I think this will be his last match. I don't think it's the last time we'll see him. So that, yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. I look. I don't think if Sting and Taker go go in a match, right? I don't think it will be a match match because that's probably not going to happen, but it will be something. I think those two will, because they've never even stood, stood in the same ring as those characters. I think that's what will happen. Look, he's done everything he can in AEW, right? He's probably either going to go out on his back or he's going to go out with, with the belts. I don't know which one. It doesn't really matter at this point, but what I would say, he will, WWE will make a call. They'll be like, look, what do you want to do this? They'll do it, and it will be, just be one of those moments. Just to have, because again, what have we said about Undertaker's career? Undertaker's career is a series of moments edited very yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Sting is legitimately yeah. great in
1: the ring. Taker, fortunately, not so much. I, I don't see it, but I'll I tell you what I do think. Go on. I think, so if I was making a, a bet um, or a prediction, it's not as bold as yours. But I think we'll have Sting's last match and I think it'll legitimately be his last match. But I suspect at all in Wembley, enormous crowd. I suspect they'll do some sort of tribute. They'll have Sting come out, they'll present him with something, they'll or they'll have him present the belt or announce <laughs> Maybe announce a new belt. You know, you know how much they love belts. Uh, <laughs> no. But I, such a, I, I, can think, see that happening. I think we're going to see Sting at Wembley. I yeah, maybe it'll be for some kind of a a farewell or a thank you event, or maybe they'll maybe they'll honor him with something. Maybe they'll announce the AEW Hall of Fame and well, that well, that first. means
2: he'll, That means he'll be in the WWE Hall of Fame, the TNA Hall of Fame, and the AEW Hall of Fame.
0: And the W.W.A. And the W.W.A. Oh,
1: <laughs> He's the only man to be in the TNA, AEW, WWE, and W.W.A. and the Drumbali Championship Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, oh, I've also. just put him in the, I've just put him in the South Armagh Hall of Fame. Oh my god, that's too funny.
2: Well, look, we will leave it there. Um, you know, Singh's career—he is one of the greats. He absolutely, like, we. I think on the Mount Rushmore, WCW, Sting is there first and foremost. But I would go even on same with TNA. I, I wouldn't say on the professional wrestling Mount Rushmore, obviously, because, I mean, that is a difficult thing to do. But if he's not there for you, he has to be almost there because I don't think there is a WCW without Sting. TNA, he pretty much helped build that place to what it would become. Uh, and AEW, his impact is still felt despite the fact that a lot of those guys watching AEW were probably kids when he was wrestling maybe he didn't watch TNA um and he survived WWE uh his treatment in WWE <laughs> it was, you know yeah barely but uh, you know it, it's just he's,
1: the guy's career is unbelievable he's not on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling but he is lurking in the rafters just above it
2: ah it's even better I love that I love that holding the do you think he still has the uh, the WWE championship at home
1: oh definitely Pre- <laughs> <I'm afraid laughs> Taking it. this with me He's, he's such a mark for himself. Like when you walk into his house over the top, when you go into the hallway framed in, in, in like huge ornate box is the WWE championship.
2: I'm going to actually, I can't remember what this looks like. I'm going to have a quick, uh, well, it was not that bad actually. It wasn't the worst belt in the world.
1: No, that's <laughs> all the current WWE belts.
2: It was unified with the NWA championship though. In 2003.
1: So NWA had like a real, uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's very much a naughty's belt. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not so bad. The NWA had like this real prestigious. Oh wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait! That's why it looks so different because I've. He had two belts. At inception, he had a monkey-looking belt, and then he had a pretty decent-looking belt near the end, and I've never seen that one before. <laughs>
1: inception was it was probably a bit like the original um nwa T- a belt tna title in AEW. that by the time the pay-per-view came on the belt wasn't ready like it was only half half made but um yeah because you know, you know the one that Bret hart's
2: holding up and it looks like a really bad boxing title yeah um the actual the actual belt looks pretty good but jesus what, what was the what, what was even the point like <laughs> it was around for two years and it was gone.
0: but it's oh, bad you know, that
1: they affiliated with NWA because mm. NWA like 70s, 80s um was like really prestigious and when, when they affiliated with a wrestling company it kind of meant they were legitimate, you know like when WWF broke away they were kind of looked down on at first, Here's but a question. then Here's by a the time you, you get to the 90s and 90s NWA is like this this needy little slut that's just hooking <laughs> up with, with anyone <laughs> Here's a question for you
2: Where did Sting win? the wba title without looking
1: in in the ring
2: no which country (laughs)
1: uh let me see okay so wild guess i have a i have a notion that a big wba show we didn't cover was in australia
2: it was a live event it wasn't even a pay-per-view
1: oh no oh okay so it was on the tour (gasps) yeah don't tell me he won it in like england or something he won it in Zurich. Zurich. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, you know I what we're going to do? It... do? you know what it's we're going to do? Switzerland, isn't
2: it? Yeah. You know what we're going to do, right? We are going to do a WWE arc because I need. Live to see... From Zurich. <laughs> I've seen Inception. We've done Inception, but Eruption, Retribution, Live Event, and Reckoning <laughs> all sound like. And I'm over. I'm aware Live Event isn't a pay per view, but it's just. In my in my head, canon thats the name of the pay-per-view. <laughs> live <laughs> WWE live, <Next> <laughs> live event.
1: Live <laughs> event
2: coming to you from Zurich. <laughs>
0: Zurich. <laughs> from uh, the wrestling capital of the world, Zurich, Switzerland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like when when uh, you were younger and Vince was going coming straight out of Poughkeepsie, and you're like, oh my God, Poughkeepsie must be like the biggest city in the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or wait, well if Vince was calling it now they'd just blur over his face or they like change his voice a little bit Vince <laughs> McMahon thanks Vince
1: Vince McMahon Vince <laughs> McMahon
2: <laughs> oh god um, okay well look that's going to wrap it up Martin is there anything you want to plug before we uh, we get out of here for tonight
1: no oh, it's good look by the time this comes out the match will have been over the paper will be over and I will be in the depths of a four day hangover so Enjoy the weekend, folks. This is legitimately like Sting has for 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s, 20s, five decades now been a legitimate wrestling icon. I believe, and I know wrestling retirements are rarely true, but I believe he is legitimately retiring. This is a historic weekend. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Keep our list.
2: Get ready for Sting versus The Undertaker to happen <laughs> next year's WrestleMania
1: twenty six.
2: <laughs> it will happen next year. I guarantee you, folks. We have not seen the end of Sting. Uh, we we will see because it look it's eating away at him. Obviously, he's like, "Oh, Darby, that was fun," but I have to go and do my spoopy time, and I think that's what's going to happen at some point because, you know, looking back at Sting's career, it's the only thing he hasn't done. But again, Sting has worked with. One thing I want to say before we finish off: Sting has worked with people like Darby Allen his entire career. The Abyss was the Darby Allen of TNA. Vampiro was the Darby Allen of WCW. So, I mean, it does fit. Maybe we're just looking at this with rose tinted glasses. But one thing we're not looking at with rose tinted glasses is the achievement of Steve Bourne and Sting. I'm looking forward to his last match. I'm looking more forward to covering WWE. I'm not going to lie to you because uh, that's going to be wild. But folks, if you want us to cover. Anything, really, that we can see. Uh, go over to uh, com. You can also go to TheRestingRewind uh, NTK at gmail.com. You can email us and we will cover whatever you guys want us to do. Sign up for the Patreon. Uh, we have several tiers there. Martin, what tiers have we
1: got? What do the good people get if they sign up? Well, you can sign up for an X-Pac Euro. And that's if you weren't aware of what X-Pac is shouting at the start of his uh, entrance music, then I'm afraid to tell you that you owe us an X-Pac Euro.
2: Because he, um, wasn't, he wasn't shouting X-Pac, he was shouting...
1: Or what I used to think, sex-Pac.
2: Which, which also makes more sense than what he's actually shouting.
1: <laughs> which is, make some noise. Yeah. It's it's like one of those... Um, have you ever seen those uh, audio or aural illusions where have, yeah. if you listen to it, it's either saying Green Needle or Brainstorm.
0: Depending sound on like, what you're reading.
1: Yeah, it would sound like two totally different words. So that's it, yeah, apparently he's saying, make some noise, not, sex, So right. you owe us a euro. You do, uh, for that bit of information. You owe us uh, a penny every day until CM Punk returns. And then when he does, <laughs> a penny every day until he inevitably gets injured or throws another strap again. Uh, we used to have, and we should very briefly mention this: we used to have the Virgil Tenor, and Perel Virgil passed away this week. So we've renamed it. In in yeah, because we thought that was a bit uh, a bit gauche, a bit you know, it wasn't it wasn't classy. Now that, that the man himself has passed away, but you can still give us a tenor, folks. In fact, you can give us better than a tenor. You can give us a rennet A Rennis. Which is tenor spelled backwards. <laughs> exactly. And, so you- and for your Renneth, you'll get shout-out on the show. You'll be able to give us your your legally distinct bookily list. We might even get you on the show to, to discuss your legally distinct bookily list. But pride of place that you will frame and put, like Sting's WWE title, frame and put above the entrance to your house. Or you, or over the fireplace or over your marriage bed. You you wouldn't even put it over the fireplace in case it dropped and got burnt. You wouldn't put it over the marriage bed in case an errant jizz were to land on it. So, it'll be kept very safe at a in a temperature locked box. A handwritten letter from the wrestling rewind, handwritten backwards. You can't do better than that. You can't.
2: You can't. I mean, come on, for your ten. That's worth it alone, guys. What are you doing? Come on, that's like that, two cups. That, of, that's a cup of coffee now. Come on. That Rennet's
1: just burning a hole in your pocket. I'm
2: telling you, you will not get a better deal than that. And it's a conversation starter. You walk in, people are like, "What's that?" Well, let me tell you <laughs> about Rennet.
1: Exactly, <laughs> which is which is tenor spelled backwards. Exactly, <laughs> which is tenor spelled backwards.
2: So, folks, if you want to do that, please do. You can go over to com. find all the links there, because all the links to our social media, our Patreon, etc. Do follow us on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. We do have... Um, we're getting a lot better on social media that's about that way um, and there will be uh, stuff going up from the archive on the feed so if you're not subscribed to the near to no media feed please do um, we'll have shows up there as well we'll be going back through the archive and uh, there's a bunch of interviews and stuff like that as well coming up. but the best way you can reach us of course is social media and we will talk to you next week here on the wrestling line where I don't know what we're going to talk about but it will be fun anyway we'll be back and keep an eye on social media when we do our show plan so see you later guys from the wrestling line bye it's done!
0: listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.